Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Batter Welcome back to A Pot of Their Own. This is episode 139 of A Pot of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig, and I am joined this week by my lovely co-hosts, Linda Serovich. Hello, Linda. Hey, Allison. And Maggie Wigan. Hello, Maggie. Hi, Allison. Um, so we haven't talked much about the Mets in a while because we had uh, a week where we didn't record, and then we had a week where we talked about A League of Their Own with Kate, which was fantastic. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, highly recommend you go back and listen to it. Um... So, but the state of the Mets ever since then has been pretty similar to what it's been, which is that they are holding on to a tenuous NL East lead, trying to stave off the Braves as long as possible. Um, The Mets were unfortunately swept by the Yankees in a two game series um, before bouncing back to take three out of four from the Rockies last weekend Um, heading into play today. The Mets are three games up on the Atlanta Braves. Uh, because the Braves the, who finally remembered how to lose a game. Right. They've lost three in a row now. They lost the Cardinals, you know, took care of them and and beat them in the final two games of that series. And they lost to the Rockies. They finally lost one parentheses, one game to a bad team, um, which, you know, the the Mets have had a really good record against bad teams this season, but the Braves basically have not lost a single game to a bad team. And that has really been the difference because the Braves record against teams over 500 is not very good. It's like over 500, but not that far over 500. 
Um, whereas the Mets have performed generally well against teams over 500. The difference, the reason why the two teams are really close to each other is because the Braves essentially have not lost a single game to a bad and team. It's not, and it's not like the Mets are are not are performing badly in that regard. They're, no, they're winning like two out of three games against bad teams, but the Braves are sweeping great. those teams. You know, But in so many regards, like the Mets are doing just fine holding serve. And the Braves are just doing some like video game shit. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, we're setting up for I mean, the the pace that the Mets and the Braves are both on, we're setting up for a Dodgers Giants NL West from last year situation where a team wins over 100 games and does not come in first place. Um, Mm -hmm. That is likely to happen in the NL East. It's unclear at this point which team ends up being the second place team, but both teams are on pace to win 100 games. And that's nuts. (laughs) If you win 100 (laughs) games, usually you expect to come in first place. Um, that is likely not going to be the case for one of these two teams. Um, we'll see how things shake out. Obviously, either one of them could have a poor September and end up finishing just under 100 games or something like that. But both teams, the Mets even more so than the Braves, have very easy September schedules. The Mets especially have an easy September schedule. Um, they after Yeah, once this- they're past this Dodgers series <laughs> and they have one later with the Braves, and that's kind of it. I think my dad did the math, the winning percentage the average winning percentage of the remaining teams, like the winning percentage strength of schedule of the remaining schedule is like four in the low four hundreds. It's like very bad. Um, so, and the, and the Mets have like half their games in September are against like the three worst teams in baseball um, being the Bless. Nats, the pirates and who's the third team. They play a lot. That's bad in September. Uh, is it the, I mean, they've played the Reds already a lot. I forget who the, maybe the Cubs, like the other really bad. I mean, there are a lot of teams in the, in the national league that are bad. Um, but yeah, it's basically, it's, it's a really cakewalk schedule. I know that the nationals and the pirates are a lot of games in September. Yeah. I think it is the Cubs. They do have one Cubs series, um, at home. They've already played the Cubs on the road, but they play the Cubs at home and they also play the A's. Um, in September, who are another really bad team. So it's just like basically the bottom of the barrel consists of like about half of their September games. So it's just and given what like the last three months has looked like for them, like pretty much since that insane June where they had like 24 games in 23 days or whatever that was all against good teams like they have earned this one. Yeah, this is also like the Mets look like they're having one of the best seasons in in recent memory, even better than 06 on paper. And yet, of course, they can't even enjoy it because now the Braves are playing out of their minds. Like, can't they just have one easy season? Just one. Nope. Never. I'm begging. I don't want to be stressed. It's not how the Mets work, Linda. (laughs) Come on. It's not how the Mets work. Um. But, you know, I mean, obviously winning the NL East is very important and getting that two seed. And I mean, whoever wins the NL East is almost certainly 
going to get that two seed unless both the Braves and the Mets have poor Septembers and the Cardinals have an insanely good September, which is not out of the realm of possibility. Weirder things have happened over the course of a baseball season. But right now, the overwhelming statistical likelihood is that whoever wins the NL East is going to get that two seed. Um, obviously, extremely, extremely important because of the buy in the first round of the playoffs for that two seed um, and the one seed as well, which, which the Dodgers pretty much have on lock. But it's like the frustrating thing is that it's hard to be mad, right? Like if the Mets end up coming in second in the NL East and they won 102 games, like how can you be mad about that? It's just the way that it happened. Well, then all we'll be hearing about is all oh, the Mets collapsed again. and Which no, is I'm not, I'm, I'm, that's I'm not holding it. out hope yeah. that, that they, that a big, a big number in the wins column will dominate in kind of the long term but yeah no they'll definitely be i mean it it would be really disappointing (laughs) they've been in first place for so long if they lose it now that would definitely be extra stinky but But as i do think they're gonna get it as skinny as this lead is it's it i don't feel safe no one should but they you know just by nature of the fact that they are heading into the last month with a lead ball is in their court advantage Mets Mm -hmm. right now because they are the ones with the lead to lose. The Braves are still the chasing team, even if they are close. Um, They have to make up ground. And, you know, at least the past three days, they haven't done so. And every and now it's getting to the point where we're getting to the really end of the stretch run. And and every day that passes that they don't gain ground is worse for them. Um, So but it is saying it is telling that they have not relinquish the lead at any point and then oh, they actually haven't even gotten to a day where the outcome of that day could change correct you know? yeah and and i think you know that speaks to you know the braves won 14 in a row or 15 in a row god they lost like one fucking a million games jesus christ um and they still couldn't overtake them and that gives me that gives me a lot of hope. I think the Braves are clawing their way, but you know, the Mets have just been rock solid all season. Yeah. And they, I mean, part of the, um, part of the problem in, you know, in the recent, uh, schedule has not just been the strength of the Mets opposition, but it has been the fact that the injury bug did bite the Mets a little bit during these past few weeks. Um, they lost Eduardo Escobar and Luis Guillorme on the same day. Um, Escobar is now back. Um, but Carrasco, Carlos Carrasco and Taiwan Walker, both in like back-to-back starts, left games early due to injury. Carrasco's ended up being far more significant than Walker's. Um, but that killed them. And they mm-hmm. they ended up calling up a carousel of guys uh, to fill those innings when that happened, they like I did the pitching meter. It wasn't this most recent pitching meter that I published on Monday. It was the pitching meter before that that had 20 different pitchers in it. Oof. 20 different Way pitchers, pitchers. in a yeah. week. In a week. 20 different pitchers pitched Holy. in a week. Oh, that was they had no, like no, 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 no. Oh, did he get that? Oh, <laughs> oh my God, Linda, I cannot take it. Oh, oh my God. My back <laughs> oh my god nimbo is freaking losing it 
Oh, did Nemo make a catch or something? Yes, he absolutely. Oh, Jake took his hat off to him. Oh, my God. Uh, Nemo, Brandon Nemo has been amazing defensively and deserves every bit of accolade for the improvements he has made in center field, which I think were already apparent last year. But this year, it's even more like he just keeps getting better defensively. And yeah. I will I Ooh, will that admit, was 100% a home run. Oh, my God. Oh, did he pull back a home run? Yes. Oh, oh. hell yeah. Oh, we love to see that. That's great. Uh, um, we don't love to see Jake sending one over the fence. No, no. <laughs> we don't love that. But we love to see Brandon Nimmo robbing a home run. That's fantastic. A I, plus. I oh, my God. And it's, all, and it's all been hard so work. Good. Like, he's just he just committed himself to getting better and everyone on the team around him has spoken about um, what they saw in him. And I think that really speaks to um, kind of the caliber of human being making up the 2022 Mets is like, a you've got guys like Brandon Nimmo who um, are working their tails off to be the very, very best. Everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, then dudes who, are looking out for the hard work that their teammates are doing and acknowledging it and boosting it. And I think that's like, there's your magic formula right there. I forget who said this. Second place in the least. I forget who said this. I think it might've been, I think it might've been one of Gary, Keith and Ron on a recent broadcast. And I think that they might've been citing someone else who said it. So forgive me if I'm forgetting exactly who said this original thing. But someone said recently that Nimmo is the type of player who will almost always meet his like close to his 100th percentile. Yes. Outcome, yeah, I remember that conversation um, that was because so... of how hard he works like he yes. he obviously every player is just limited by their physical ability. They have certain tools. They have certain things that they do well. They have certain things that their bodies are capable of and certain things that they aren't capable of. Um like, you know, guys don't always meet their ceiling, but Nimmo is a guy who you can feel relatively confident will always meet his ceiling. How high that ceiling is, is the variable here, but Nimmo will always meet his ceiling because well, of how also, hard he works. It, you know, we kind of got on the Mets a little bit that, um, and Jake came back to strike out the next guy inning over, um, that they signed see. a center fielder to put in right field. Like, yes. Marte. like, so then we're like, Oh, Marte is clearly the superior defender, but it's worked out really, really well. Like I Marte, will take my lumps for that. I questioned yeah. that decision a great deal because well, I'll also say, I mean, something else that is like, that's not great right now, to be honest is, I mean, Marte's defensive metrics are actually quite poor. Um, yeah. Which I was very surprised about. Oh. Um, but, you know, and it, granted, it's a partial season, but it just, um, it was a different look. I think, I think what he's I a guy. He's got the better arm, though. Yeah, he does have a really good arm. And yeah. that, I think, is both true statistically and by the eye test. Um, he has an excellent arm in right field, and that is his huge, the huge asset that he brings to right mm-hmm. field. I think it's a combination of him learning, adjusting to the new position. I think Marte, Marte right field this season has, it has been a situation where the eye test does him more favors than the metrics actually do. Yeah. <laughs> I can looks confirm good he made there. a really nice play on Saturday. <laughs> he looks smooth out there. He does. I think he but, just makes it look good. Yeah. But I, I, I can see why the metrics might not think he is all that good in right field. Yeah. I don't know if that will, 
if that will improve as he gets used to the position and as the sample size grows, because as we know, these defensive metrics take a long time to stabilize. Um, but that's something we'll have to see. But I, I questioned a lot the Mets wisdom in get acquiring the best center fielder on the market in Starling Marte and playing him in right field. Obviously no one questions the wisdom of acquiring Starling Marte. He's been fantastic for the Mets this season um, with the bat, but it's like, why did you get this like all-star center fielder and put him in right field? But Brandon Nimmo has been so fantastic in center field that, you know, I will have to take my lumps on that one. They made the right choice. I think. Yeah. I I mean, I think that's another case of Buck knowing what he's got. Because that seems to be something he just really has like a sixth sense for on like a macro level, kind of thinking about like, how can I best use Brandon Nimmo on my team or Starling Marte and like on the, the smaller level too, like should Jake go out for the next inning? Like I very much generally trust Buck to know what his guy has. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think we've seen like Buck knowing what his guy has I think we've seen that play out in the past few weeks with what we've seen from Marcana. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, mm-hmm. you know, Buck Showalter was very judicious in managing Marcana's load in a way that he was not doing with Brandon Nimmo or Starling Marte or pretty much anyone else like Lindor, Alonso, anyone. Um, he was giving Marcana regular days off and, and playing, you know, keep in mind that for most of the a good chunk of the early season when he was giving Mark Hanna those days off, it was often Travis Jankowski that was getting that playing time. And people were like, you really playing Travis Jankowski? Like, come on. But it has kept Mark Hanna healthy. And now that we're in the stretch run and Mark Hanna has gotten really, really hot with the bat, Mark yes, Hanna has, has played every day and he's still been great. So he knows when to go to the whip with these guys and Mark, he trusts Mark Hanna to know his body and know that he can do this because he got the rest earlier in the season. And I think that that has been a huge part of Mark Hanna staying healthy and successful when they need him most. Well, obviously like Buck makes questionable decisions like Darren Ruff continuing to hit fifth, no matter the, Oh, it's a lefty on the mound. Darren Ruff has to hit fifth. But he's also very good at getting the most out of his players, mm-hmm. like Hannah, like Nimmo, sticking with Nimmo. Um, he puts them in, he mostly puts them in situations where they'll succeed. Yeah. And that's all you can ask out of a manager. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, I mentioned, I talked about, you know, the injury bug biting the Mets and 20 pitchers in one week, which was not ideal. <laughs> um, obviously, that was an issue and it, they had to struggle through that. But luckily, they're starting to get those injured guys back. Uh, Taiwan Walker only missed one start. He's back already. C- Carlos Carrasco is due to start a rehab assignment, which is shocking to me because when he went down with an oblique, I thought, like that's bad. Like maybe, maybe we get him back for the postseason. Um, because Scherzer missed months. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think that Carrasco's was a lower grade oblique strain than Scherzer's mm-hmm. was. However, like given the fact that I mean, we all remember when he took Carlos Carrasco took so long and had multiple setbacks the last time he had a soft tissue injury like this. Um, 
because, you know, he's he's a cancer survivor and it's it's known science that it's harder for those muscles to recover. Um, And so that is going to be an issue. And so I am concerned about this, but I trust that the Mets are doing the right thing, which is not something I thought I would say in the past. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, can I um, quote you on that? Yeah, right. Um, so he's due to start a rehab assignment, which is great news. That's like way ahead of schedule. Um, Tommy Hunter, who had been hurt, um, who had been, you know, I was wondering if that was phantom IL, who knows, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but either way, he's been activated from the injured list. Um, Tyler McGill and Drew Smith are ramping up and, and do back soon as well. Um, and Eduardo Escobar is really the bullpen's only hope. Like there is no cavalry coming. They need, they need need their guys to just be healthy and be good yeah so they've gotten a rash of like good injury news um, let's not forget lucchese joey lucchese also ramping up the churv is, is churving again the churv is churving um he is back <laughs> up into the low 90s velocity wise which is <laughs> you say up into the low 90s but that is generally <laughs> where joey lucchese lives um he had been in the upper 80s during the earlier part of his rehab and that was kind of like mm. uh but back in the low 90s in his rehab assignment so we love to see that um I don't think he's given up a run yet in any of his nope. rehab assignments. I don't think so either. Um, so that's those are all excellent things. And and the Mets are going to find themselves in a good um, having a good problem, which is that they're actually like not going to even when rosters expand tomorrow, uh, as we record this on August 31st, by the time you listen to this, it will be September 1st as rosters expand. Uh, even after that, they're not going to have enough room for all these pitchers that are coming back. They're going to have to figure it out. Um, whether that be in the form of, you know, cutting the bait and cutting a guy like Joely Rodriguez or Michael Gibbons, um, or whether that be just like stashing some their arms. best lefty, Allison. You want them to dump their best lefty? <laughs> Listen, I, Joey Lucchese could be their best lefty, or David Peterson could yeah. be their best lefty. Um, I don't know. I, we know that David Peterson uh, uh, my uh, relief innings have been not good <laughs> this season. So, oh wait, wait, wait. I have a little story because Tomas Nito just hit a double. <laughs> So my sister was telling me that my niece has really gotten into the games and she was, she stopped watching the game another time and she goes, Oh, Nito's up. I'm going to like go to the bathroom or something. So then when she comes back and goes, mommy, you're not going to believe this. Nito mm-hmm. got a double. <laughs> <laughs> That's so perfect. <laughs> Um, so you're not going to believe this. Nito actually got a double. <laughs> Tomas Nito did what? <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, well, Tomas Nito has already done the Tomas Nito special in this game and uh, flew out to the warning track once. But I'm hey. glad that he also got a double. That's well, great. this was also on the warning track. It literally hit the base of the wall. <laughs> yeah, he's just he seems to be physically incapable of hitting a home run right now. Like warning track is as far as he can hit it. And he can certainly hit like a, a well-struck double to the warning track. But he cannot hit a home run right now. No. Um, 
but yeah, so the, the Mets are getting getting guys back from injury, which is good. Um, the one like outstanding, like rough bit of news that they've gotten and it's sort of been in it's in, it continues to be an issue with the roster of like this specific role. Um, Luis Guillorme is not yet back. He should be back eventually. He's going to do a rehab assignment and everything, but he's still like a week at least away. I think a week or 10 days away. Um and Brett Beatty had been filling his role more or less. Womp, but Brett womp. Beatty, unfortunately, <laughs> which is just like such it sucks so much for him because, like, you know, this was his this was his rookie year. This was his chance to break out. Um, he has a torn UCL in his thumb, which requires surgery, oh. which he will get tomorrow, which effectively ends his regular season. It's a five-week recovery timeline um the best that'll happen is that he'd be back for the postseason unclear if the Mets would even put him on the postseason roster if everyone else is healthy probably not um so that's that really sucks mostly because like if this had happened when Luis Guillorme was like ready to come back the Mets wouldn't miss much of a beat in that regard it would still suck for Brett Beatty personally and I'd be really sad about that as far as like him missing out on his shot but um they do have this like gap on the roster now because this week it's been fine because, it, because the Mets are facing a lot of left-handed pitching that the Dodgers are throwing out there. They still have Clayton Kershaw to face. Um, and so Eduardo Escobar is in there and, you know, he, he does, he does really well against lefties, but you know, the majority of the time they'll be facing right-handed pitching. And that's the role that Brett Beatty was filling in for Luis Guillorme's like platoon role with Escobar. Now they don't really have, that guy anymore for the time being which is i think marcana right now is their emergency third baseman again yes and the mets did not somehow for some reason the mets did not bring up an infielder of any type whether that be mark vientos even though i know that the mets don't think his defense is ready uh, whether that be Mark Vientos or bringing back, I know they DFA'd Yolmer Sanchez, so they would have had to have made 40-man room to bring him back, but they are in somewhat dire straits in the infield right now because instead they brought up Terrence Gore, who's an outfielder who can't, he's basically like even worse Travis Jankowski. He's like, de- he's like defense running, can't hit. That's who that is. And he yeah, doesn't play in He's their pinch runner option. <laughs> Right. Like he's like, I'm sure he'll be perfectly fine as a pinch runner and defensive replacement, but like they, they need someone who can play infield and they don't really have that right now. So they're just kind of flying by the seat of their pants for a few days until Luis Guillorme can come back and just hope that nothing else happens. Oh God. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
there's also a uh, a concern about the fact that the Mets have kind of stopped hitting, mm-hmm. <laughs> which has been happening for like a few weeks now. They it hasn't like you know it hasn't always cost them games. They lost that one game, one nothing against the Rockies, the like final game in the series, which was like deeply annoying. Um, but like they yesterday's been game games. was deeply annoying too. Yesterday's game was deeply annoying. They did not take advantage of opportunities. You know they are currently still winning this game against the Dodgers as we podcast right now, but it's only two to one, you know, it's pretty tight. And yeah. so they're and you can't blow this. We need the trumpet, <laughs> the trumpets. They have, have been playing a lot of close games, even against like, you know, even against the Rockies, like, yes, they, they had that one game where they came from behind and won seven to six, which was really nice. But other than that, like they were held in check by, a Rockies pitching staff that is one of the worst in the majors, which I know the part of that is cores, but it's not like they're all that good away from cores either. <laughs> you yeah. know, the problem so. is, you know, they had a long stretch of baseball. So clearly guys are tired. It's August. It's been a long season. The guys, Pete definitely needs a day off. Oh God. Pete looks. And yeah, Pete's just like completely rough. rough. And the problem is, it goes back to the trade deadline. They failed. You can't replace these guys because the guys that they will praise them with all are all terrible. Yeah. So yeah. what are you going to do? Take a chance that, you know, maybe Pete snaps out of it or you're going to put Tyler Naquin in or Darren, give Darren Ruff more bats. What, what yeah. There are no good options right now. Yeah, that's the problem is like, if mm-hmm. you give Pete a day off, then that means like Darren Ruff plays first base and you and you you want you take a chance with tired Pete over Darren Ruff right now. still, um, and that it's just not an ideal situation to be in. But these guys do need some days off. Like Pete looks like he's struggling. Even even Lindor has not been at his best. Yeah, Lindor um, needs a day. They yeah. all need a day. But Lindor if- like can't have a day because Luis Guillorme is hurt. <laughs> There's nobody to replace him. I mean, they they work like Escobar did play shortstop in his rehab assignment, and like yeah, sure, could he stand at shortstop in an emergency? Absolutely. But do I want? Do I really want him there for a whole game? Not particularly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then who would play third? Oh, Mc- McNeil maybe. McNeil. I Lord, I have no idea. Yeah. And that's, that's the struggle as a Mets are in right now. Like guys need days off, but they don't have the manpower to replace them. Yeah, um, like technically you can move Escobar to shore, put McNeil third and have like Naquin play the outfield. But is that ideal? No, none of this is ideal. No. I mean, like this has, I mean, it seems like maybe I'm like, it seems like a little dramatic to say this, but I don't think it is. This injury has exposed how extremely important Luis Guillorme is to this ball club. Like yeah. Luis Guillorme. Yeah. He's not like, he's not Francisco Lindor. He's not Pete Alonso. Him going down doesn't like make or break the season, but it's low key, very important because he is the backup infielder at every position. And he is good. He's like basically the best utility infielder in the major leagues. So having like losing that piece, just like it makes a huge difference. It makes a huge difference to the whole like makeup of everything. Well, even as a defensive replacement in the late innings, too, they would always have him out there. Yeah, yeah. no, and it, it he he's part of so many different systems on that team because he's also like no slouch at the bat. You can use him as a pinch hitter. Um, it's not like a Travis Jankowski, 
but um, no, and they and they just don't have anyone of that cut no. to replace them. It's always going to be an odd fit. So you end up with like Brett Beatty, who can be like your everyday third baseman, but is not going to back up either of the middle infield spots. Like heck, right. no. Right. His defense at third already left something to be desired in the few games he did play. He's like 13 like, years old, Allison. I'll give him a break. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> absolutely. Still, he hasn't plenty graduated high school yet. Yeah. Plenty of time to develop. He's not shaving. <laughs> <laughs> plenty of time to develop defensively. Like, I'm not saying he won't. Um, And also, like, it's not like he was a butcher out there. Like, it's not like he... Like, oh, my God, like he's standing there and he's clearly like he is incapable of playing third base at a major league level. It wasn't like horrendous, but it was just like, you know, you can tell that it needs development is all all we can say about that. Like um, Fonzie was in town. They should have gotten him together with baby. right. Give him some pointers. What an excellent transition, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> Our next topic of conversation, um, <laughs> which is old timers day. Um that's the other kind of major Mets story of this week, um, which the Mets had old timers day on, I guess it was Saturday. At, or was it Saturday? Every day is blending into each other for me right now. Deepest apologies. Yes, um, it was. No, it was Sunday, Sunday, but, Sunday. No, Saturday, no, Saturday, 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 Saturday. Sorry. It was Saturday. <laughs> I was like, what even, what day is it? I today? know what, days what day of the week it is. What day of the week is anything? Um, but so I, I watched old timers day um, and, you know, you guys were there in person. Um, so that's even better. But I, I just felt like it was overall like a huge success, I thought. And I think the organization deserves a ton of credit for how well old timers day went. Um, in particular, Ray Knight even said that he felt welcomed by the organization in a way he never did under the will ponds. He was the mm. most direct about it in <laughs> yeah. the way he said it. Like he basically just said like, I don't like the will ponds, which was like, damn Ray, tell him how you really feel, which was great. <laughs> um, but I think that that like general sentiment, even if people weren't calling out the will ponds directly, I think that that general sentiment was shared among a lot of people. Like why weren't they always doing this? Like, this is just so good and like such an easy win for the organization and just yes, like so the nice. easy win effect. Yes. Like why weren't they always doing this? It was so fun. <laughs> well, no, so it wasn't just, obviously, you know, I was bringing like an idiot the entire time. But to see how happy it made the players too. So happy. Yeah, like the current and the, the current players also. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, we were talking to some people um who like we we had to share a table with some people and um after we got food and they said they were um sitting near Steve Dillon's family. And like the, his whole and like the whole section was his family. So when he came out to pitch, like they were all cheering and like holding photos of him with his time with the Mets. And like a lot of these guys, like, their families never saw them play. Like this is another chance for like them to have their family see them, you know, be on a major league mound again and put on the uniform again. So I'm sure that was a thrill. And like we said, it was such an easy, easy win for for them to do that and it, it, it as far as i could tell it was cute. like i can say i saw doc gooden on a major league mound i saw mookie so wilson play cool. like that was the coolest i saw like doc gooden and then pedro martinez like they like 
you had Hall of Famers playing. You know, you know, Joe Torrey was there. You know, Joe Torrey in like the front office is a whole other different Joe Torrey, but he's a Hall of Famer too. Like you have living history on the field there. And right. it was just, and they're all together. And it was just incredible to see. They have, like, the Mets just as an organization just have a great history. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like they have mixed it with a lovely melange of absolute garbage. <laughs> but for so long, the organization seemed like they might as well just ignore the whole thing. Um, yeah, and now I feel like they're it. tapping much better into the good that was there and still is there in many cases. They were very bad at honoring their own history and they're finally doing it right. They're retiring more numbers They're Every owner should be a baseball fan. Look at exactly. how nice. Yes, exactly. Like it's just, and it just um, like not to be a downer about it because I think, you know, the whole thing is great. And I think we should focus on the good things when it comes to this, but it, it, it like in the back of my mind, like a small part of my lizard brain just got even more angry at the way that they did not, honor tom siever before he died like Mm. properly like it's just like look at you know the way that they have the way that they honored with old timers day the remaining 69 mets like they and and the way that they are you know retiring willie mays's number which we will talk more about in a minute retiring willie mays's number while he's still alive like they should have done this for tom siever while he was still alive and it's a A travesty yep. that they did not and it's just like this is righting the wrongs that that the Wilpon era wrought basically like this is what they should have been doing the whole time giving guys their flowers while they're still here to appreciate it like this is what it's about come on <laughs> and it's not just that if you know obviously you should honor the big guys too but like you know, seeing for me as a kid, like I love Jay Payton, like just seeing Jay Payton again bought me such a joy. And it's like, why are you denying, you know, the 2000 team was a good team and uh, they've never been on, like, obviously it was during COVID, like, so you couldn't really honor like their 20th anniversary, but it's like, why are you denying history happened? Like you can only honor Mike Piazza because he made the hall of fame. Like, no, it took 25 guys to make up that team. One of the stars of Old Timers Day was like Tim Tuffle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, come on. That was great. <laughs> you know, like it was just in, like, like I said, I was like stupidly grinning the entire time just to see how happy, like their joy was in fact, like, you could feel how what this meant to them too. And then of course you had Bobby Valentine coming out with the fake nose and mustache. You had Turk Wendell spiking the rosin. And it's like, you know, all those little things. Everyone involved just understood the assignments. They did. Yes. Is so important. Yes, we just sealed trumpets. Thank you, Otto. Otto Vino got through the eighth. And so, you know, we're, I mean, unless the Mets score like 10 runs right now, (laughs) there's no way they're not going to bring in defense. We're going to have Timmy Trumpet. Is Timmy Trumpet there tonight? Yes. He said he would come back. Yeah, I'm really glad because last night Timmy Trumpet was there. The Mets lost, so they didn't have a live narco to do. But Timmy Trumpet did do, you know, take me out to the ball game, which was wonderful. Yeah, I'm coming back tomorrow in the rain. I wasn't sitting there in the rain for a second inning of Michael Givens, who looked great. He looked fine, but that's not who I was there for in the rain. (laughs) Michael Givens did have a good outing yesterday. He did, to give him credit. Um, but 
but yeah, uh, back to old timers day. I mean, obviously the, um, other than the game itself and all of that fantasticness, um, the biggest thing that happened at old timers day is that they, um, in a, in a surprise move, they retired Willie Mays's number 24, um, which, uh, fulfills a promise made by Joan Payson, um, when she, you know, first, you know, she first said that she was going to retire it and she, you know, never did. Uh, and so, um, the Mets finally fulfilled that promise and Steve, that was a decision made by Steve Cohen himself, which is, you know, really, really great. Um, well, and I'm glad that they just did it. It's not like they we're going to announce it and like next year. They just did it right then and there. Yeah. Right. They just did it, which was fantastic. And not try to get a second, you know, yeah, gate special out of game it. day, gate. Yeah, like milk all the like, money out of it that they can. They just did it. Because um, it was and, the right thing. It was great. And it yeah. was the right thing. And people, won't, people will never forget it. Right. Um, and I, I'd, I'd like to shout out and we will link this in like the show notes and the tweets and everything. I'd like to shout out, um, Thomas Henderson's piece on amazing Avenue, um, about the maze number retirement, um, because I thought it was really well done, um, and an argument for why it was the right thing basically, uh, because it's not just, you know, like if you're, uh, if you have your head in the sand a little too much, I guess, or like you're too like tunnel visioned about the Mets, you might say like, oh, Willie Mays is not an all time Met, you know, but it's not about it's not just about that. It's about New York baseball history. Yes. Um, and it's about baseball history, period. Uh, I mean, I am of the opinion that Willie Mays's number should be retired across baseball in a similar way that Jackie Robinson's number is. Um, but I will settle for the New York baseball teams having his number retired um, and the, or at least the New York National League baseball team should absolutely yeah. have his number retired yeah. because it is part of the history of the New York National League baseball team, period. Um, I know that a lot of people at the time City Field opened were upset about the Dodgers, like the Dodgersness of it. Um, and I don't blame them, but I think that once they added like the Mets history to it to City Field, now I'm yes. like perfectly okay with the yeah. Jackie Robinson rotunda and all of that stuff because it's, it's it lovely. Is a part every st- a- every stadium should have one. Yes. It is a part of New York National League baseball history. It, the Brooklyn Dodgers and the New York Giants are part of New York National League baseball history, and the Mets should honor that history as well. It's theirs to honor. We are the New York National League baseball team, and Willie Mays is a huge part of that. Well, um, and that's where their orange comes from. It comes exactly. from the Giants. They're blue and orange because of the Brooklyn Dodgers and the New York Giants. That is part of their the, the franchise's history. The New York Mets do not exist without the prior existence of <laughs> the New York Giants and the Brooklyn Dodgers, period. So and it's not, and, and, you know, I will say like Met, the Mets are not the only team that struggles to, um, honor its roots, you know, while still, um, you know, elevating its own history. You know, I'm thinking about also how, how the nationals have just forgotten that the expos were a they thing. Yeah. No expos. Um, they have the D I mean, you know, I, I know from experience, I go to Nats park a lot. Um, the yeah. nationals have no expos stuff anywhere like it's like which is bizarre and like that's even the same organization and you know the Mets and the Dodgers and Giants obviously aren't but like that through line is so important to the Mets history 
you know, it's the, those two teams are the reason that the Mets exist in a roundabout way. And like that can and should be, um, you know, acknowledged and honored appropriately, appropriately, like, you know, and Willie Mays is just so important to baseball. Like it's not just about the Mets um, or about New York baseball. Like Willie Mays is just important to baseball. And like, I, I can understand again, like I can understand why people were upset about the rotunda initially because they like it, like there was more homage to the Dodgers than there yes. was to the Mets. And yes. that I think is a problem. But and it's once- the, I mean, it's the balance. That's the challenge exactly. is like making the balance. But now that there's, you know, little touches of Mets all over the stadium, now that they're retiring more Mets numbers and doing old timers day and properly honoring New York Mets history, I think having that touch of Dodgers in there is perfectly fine and good mm-hmm. and good. Yeah. Um, well, and also, and- it, since the Wilpons were Dodgers fans, they they had denied the Giants this for a yes, while. Very like- true. Like you never got the other side of it. It was only the Dodgers. And it's like, wait a second, you need both to tell the story of the Mets. Yeah, exactly. So uh, retiring Willie Mays' number was the right thing to do. And I'm, I'm very glad that they did it. Um, And old timers day was just awesome. And it was a joy to watch it, a joy to watch it. Um, so in wider baseball news this week, it has also been, uh, in addition to being a historic week for the Mets, it's been a historic week for baseball. Oh, wait, sorry. Yeah, uh, it has. Edwin Diaz is coming in. I got to turn on the TV. Oh, man. Here we go. Sound the trumpets. Timmy I was going to say, should I turn it up? <laughs> yeah, turn it up. Ah, <laughs> oh, I'm so mad it's happening today, but it's great. It's great. I know. It should have happened last night when we were not recording. In my oh, life. this is so cool. I don't know if you guys can hear it. Not really. Not that's really. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. Um, I will. I mean, watch and, this well, video and I, I think this is a great example of the kind of thing that that they're doing right now, which is just having fun and seeing what matters to the to the fans and to the team, and and going on all in on that. Yeah, the Mets are fun, and they're the, the Wilpon Mets do not invite Timmy trumpets to to play no no that's not like oh there it is they would be very they would not understand the question now we can hear it i I don't want it to throw him off (laughs) (laughs) oh this is cool Oh, that was cool. That was cool. A little live podcast moment. I love it. <laughs> that was cool. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, in addition to being a historic week for the Mets, it's a historic week for baseball. Um, the MLB Players Association sent out union authorization cards to minor leaguers, which is a first step toward union, unionizing the minor leagues, something that we have talked about on this podcast. Other people have talked about, um, you know, labor activists, have been talking about for a very, very long time. And this is something that I don't know, like I, I never thought I would see this and it's happening and I'm just so happy about it. I'm so happy about it. Um, this is something that has been a long fight um, and will continue to be a long fight, but is, is extremely good. Um, 
obviously we're not there yet, you know, like we're not unionized. Um, but I, I will quote from the ESPN piece, which said in order for the MLB players association to represent minor leaguers in collective bargaining, 30% of players need to sign the union authorization cards, which would prompt an election. If a majority of those who vote in an election choose for union representation, the national labor relations board will require MLB to recognize the union, the league and MLB players association then would collectively bargain for minor leaguers an outcome that even five years ago would be registered, would have registered as far fetched yeah it's pretty amazing yeah i did see one tweet that said they wouldn't hold the vote unless they knew it would pass right yeah, yeah that's not surprising i think that that's fairly common well um, and they're also i mean they're also in you know they're in an industry that has union you know that that has union coverage previously like it's not like there's a pretty well-established precedent for unions and baseball. And I yes. think like, yeah, you know, oh. goes in favor of it. Yeah. I think. Oh, he made him look. Oh, he embarrassed him. Oh. <laughs> One out in the ninth. Uh, Diaz yeah. is pumped up. You can tell he's pumped up because but- Timmy Trumpet was really like getting the crowd into it and like uh-huh. crying to the crowd. Oh, and- cool, man. Yeah, you guys, so- I just have to say, my son right now is, and this is actually like part of my walk-off win, but I can't, I can hear him in the other room watching Diaz videos on, um, on YouTube. Oh my oh, gosh! That's so like awesome. I heard, I heard Narco play for a second. I was like, that doesn't sound like a live version because it's not because he's just like chilling out watching. He doesn't even know that it was going to be tonight because I obviously didn't know that they had rescheduled it for tonight. So it'll be a nice surprise for him later. That's yeah. really awesome. Oh, um, <laughs> but I think like, you know, obviously there's been I, I think that, you know, anybody who's been paying attention to these issues um, in in the minor leagues and the treatment of minor leaguers knows that the, you know, them advocating for themselves has gained a lot more traction in recent years and a lot more like popularity, like players who were previously like afraid to speak out. Um, are speaking out. So the momentum for this has been building. But what I did not foresee, I think, is, you know, the the MLB Players Association uniting with the minor leaguers to represent them. I I kind of thought it would end up with their own independent union. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that the major leaguers union is going to also now hopefully represent minor leaguers, I think is an even bigger step that I did not foresee and is huge because now they're now they're representing an, a united front because now players like Max Scherzer, who, you know, are among the most influential in the entire league, can speak up for minor league players. And I think that that's huge, huge, huge. Well, we saw the mentality change because, you know, it's the whole, you know, every time anybody talks about canceling student loans, it's like, well, I paid mine. Everybody else should have to pay theirs. That's been and, the attitude. Yeah. So that's yeah, game over. Yay! <laughs> so I'm glad that's not yeah. the attitude Major League Baseball's taking. Like, well, I toiled in the minors like everybody else should have mm-hmm. to. Right. Exactly. Which like, I think you know, it's also good that attitude, it, but it's shrinking. I think. It's shrinking. Yeah. It's, you know, and it also makes the union stronger 
you know, gets yes. more, yes. it makes it harder for them to tap into the minor leagues. If there were to be more, um, you know, work stoppage type things going on. Um, it's just, it's more people, it's more talent banding yeah. together, um, to have each other's backs. And it's, it's, it also says a lot about what is happening in labor in the larger national world, um, yes. which is also very exciting. Um, and yeah, no, I, I think it's just, it, it was such a pleasant surprise, you know, yeah. <laughs> like in a like non good news sort of week, like, just like, Oh, Hey, this is nice. Yeah, for real. Um, uh, to, to talk about Maggie's point about the larger national conversation about labor, um, data just came out this past week that support for labor unions nationwide mm-hmm. is at the highest it's been since the 1960s, um, which is just excellent news. I mean, I think that like, and it had dipped to the lowest it had ever been in the 2010s. Um, so I think that just goes to show that like this, this culture that we had seen, like, you know, this, this hustle I guess it's like hustle culture like hyper hustle culture of the 2010s like people are rejecting that now um and realizing that you know your work shouldn't like rule your life define you um all that stuff uh and it's been fantastic to see and this has coincided with a huge sea change in um in the way that people are looking at the treatment of minor leaguers before it really was just this like rise and grind mentality of like, you know, it's almost worn as a badge of honor that these might, that these, once they reach the major leagues, that these guys it's worn as a badge of honor. Like I shared a, an apartment with five roommates to one room and we ate ramen for every meal and we struggled. And it's like that in so many other industries, like, I see it in academia. It's a grad mm-hmm. student culture too. Mm-hmm. Like when hey, I guess ha- what grad students are unionizing now. Ha, yep, ha, and now grad that. students are unionizing because you realize it, because people are realizing that eating ramen every night and working eighty hours a week is not a badge of honor. It actually just sucks. Um, and like being exploited by your employer isn't cool. It's like actually terrible. Um, and that billionaires aren't heroes and they should not be treated as such. Um, so even just, Steve Cohen, yeah. he's terrible, but we'll let him stay just until the war. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just until yeah. the revolution. <laughs> um, but hopefully that hopefully this is a huge step forward. Now, I mean, make no mistake. This is going to be a fight. The league, the league declined to comment. LOL. Of course, they did, <laughs> um, on this development. And the league is going to fight this every single step of the way. The league is doing going to do everything they can to push back against this. Um, and we have to make it so they can't. <laughs> um, and the players are going to need, you know, our support. It The advocate, the advocacy, even though the advocates for minor leaguers uh, in and of itself has like ceased to exist in its current form is now and is now just working with the MLB Players Association. That's an excellent development. Um, but that doesn't mean that the minor leaguers no longer need advocates. They were going to need they're going to need like public opinion support and fan support in order to make this happen. Um, so they need our advocacy. They need our support. Um, so make sure to just like, you know, share your vocal support wherever you can um, for 
for minor leaguers unionizing because this is the league is going to resist this. Um, but hopefully it will happen anyway. Um, before we close the show with walk-off wins, uh, we are recording this, as I mentioned, on uh, the night of August 31st, which means that by the time you listen to this, it will be September 1st, which means- What happens in September, Allison? Yeah, please tell us. Dollars for Dingers happens in <gasps> September. The <gasps> Dollars for Dingers? Tell um, us more. <laughs> I will say more. Um, so uh, we will officially be in our Dollars for Dingers fundraising period. Oh, um, so we funny. have already had um, over 40 pledges, like near, getting up to 45 now, close to 45 different pledges um, for Dollars for Dingers, where we ask all of our listeners to pledge a certain dollar amount per, per Mets home run hit during the month of September, all to benefit the National Domestic Violence Hotline. Um, so that count will start tomorrow. So sorry, tomorrow, every home run the Mets hit is going to be money, money, money for the National Domestic Violence Hotline. Um, and then obviously that will all um, also go along with our in-person raffle event on September 17th at Ebbs at City Field at four o'clock p.m. But just because it's going to be amazing, bring yes. your whole family Bring it's, bring your oh kitties, bring your wife, guaranteed to have the time of your life, etc. <laughs> bring everyone you know, not just your kitties and your wife. Bring everyone you know. Your kids have no money. I mean, they're welcome, but but they're yes. not serving our final purpose. It's true. <laughs> but but the kids might cause the, the parents to spend more money because that means more mouths to feed and you know, etc. We will have food and drink specials for folks who attend uh who go to ebbs that day to attend dollars for dingers if you say that you're attending dollars for dingers you will get a wristband which will get you 15 percent off food and beverage at ebbs so do that um so you, it benefits you as well we have wristbands people it's legit it's, it's official legit. it's very official wait do we have um, wristbands i might need to buy this uh, yeah we need to figure that out <laughs> um <laughs> we'll we'll think <laughs> i mean we could we could go old school with this thing and like go like emo show from the mid two thousands and put X's on people's hands and sharpie. <laughs> <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> put a or big just like put a little NY instead yeah, of yeah, or like a I was gonna say like a D for D. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, just because the fundraising period has begun does not mean it is too late to get a pledge in. We will be accepting pledges during any time of the fundraising period because our magical, awesome Google spreadsheet will back calculate for you. So even if it is September 15th, you're halfway through the month, you're like, oh, no, I never put my pledge in. I still want to. I You can put it in at any time. It will calculate the the amount of money you have accrued up until that point. So don't we worry even about got, it. We, every year we also get like retroactive pledges. Like we, yeah, do. we do. Early October was like, oh, that's happening. That's, that's happening. all good. You still count. We, we still will take your money at any time. <laughs> uh, we're not taking it, to be clear. Yes. The National Domestic Violence Hotline is taking it. And not delivering us. it no. to the lovely, amazing um, National Domestic Violence Hotline, which is an, a, like such a great organization to work with. They reach out to us every year. Um, so we're really, really glad to be able to, um, to work with them because what they do is amazing. Yes. Um, also I need like Timmy trumpet appeared twice at city field, but it was before September. So what I, I think the two one. Timmy trumpet appearances count as one 
because we had said they count as half, but now there's, there's half, two, yeah. but now there's two, so it counts as one whole. Oh yeah, there you go. Okay, in my opinion. Okay, so that, that makes sense. That makes sense. I'll I'll enter that into the spreadsheet right after we finish recording. That will okay. That'll be money in the bank. Uh, we already have some money in the bank. We already have some guaranteed donations, so that's why the donation tracker is showing some money, some fundraising total already. Um. So yeah, please get your pledges in. Um, if you go to our pinned tweet at a pod of their own, if you go there to our Twitter at a pod of their own, the spreadsheet is in our pinned tweet. You can click our pinned tweet and the link will be right there. Also, you could go to amazingavenue.com. There is a post for dollars for dingers that is right near the top of the site. It's pinned there and it will be during the entirety of the fundraiser. You can click that article on amazingavenue.com if you're not a Twitter user. And the Google spreadsheet link is also in that article. A third way that you can make a pledge is you can email own at gmail.com. You can email us your pledge and we'll put it in the spreadsheet for you. If you're like, I can't find the spreadsheet. I don't know how Google Spreadsheets works. I'm confused. Have no fear. Email your pledge, own at gmail.com. We can put it in for you. Um, so three ways to make a pledge. Pinned tweet, amazingavenue.com. Click the uh, article for dollars for dingers. Email us. Easy, 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 easy to make a pledge. You have no excuse not to. <laughs> in any amount. In no. any amount. Yes, Every whatever you can do, counts. that's fine. Whatever. It doesn't matter to us. It could be one cent. It could be $10 per dinger. It can be whatever you want. doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, we hope to see you all at, uh, on September 17th at Ebbs. It's going to be a fantastic time. Please come bring all your friends. It's going to be really fun. Um, but in the meantime, we will finish the show this week like we always do with walk-off wins where each of us talks about something that is making us happy this week, baseball-related or otherwise. Maggie, you can go first this week since we already partially spoiled <laughs> your walk-off win. I mean, I realized like partway through that basically I think this might be my second consecutive walk-off win that boils down to my kids love baseball. <laughs> But like I, that so deserves two straight walk off. It wins. really it does. does. Well, and and I will once again just broadcast to every baseball owner on the planet that like this would not be happening if the Mets were garbage. Um, but you know we went on um, we went on Saturday to Old Timers Day. I thought the kids would enjoy uh, the novelty of old people playing baseball and they did not. That's fine. Not everything is for everyone. Um, but they were very excited when the actual game started, we got the Nimmo home run in there. Um, it was all, it was all just really great. And, you know, the biggest disappointment of old timers day was that Edwin Diaz did not come in because Edwin Diaz has become like a, um, like a superstar in our household. Um, you know, kids will like put on one of, the random jerseys I have around and like play the music and like run in from the outfield, like you know, outfield. Um, and it's just, I don't know. It's awesome. I love it. It's, it's like the best thing. This has been like a year of so many great Mets things and this is the best. Yeah. And that's awesome. So that's my walk off. win. Like again, broadcasting to every baseball owner, like how you grow the game in the next generation. Like look at what, look at, Look at what Edwin Diaz's entrance is doing. Yes. Like, it's just incredible stuff. <laughs> like, like you don't, it's, it's wild because like, obviously Edwin Diaz having a, a historic season pitching wise, and but there have been other closers 
that have had, you know, dominant seasons. You think Mariano Rivera, um, you think like, you know, there have been closers that have had seasons like this, but rarely is a closer like the the star of the team, like the celebrity yeah. of the team in the way in the way that Edwin Diaz has become this year because of narco. Yeah. Um, and it's, also, it's oh, crazy. we have Timmy Trumpet as a fan now. Like, this is how you grow the game. Just we got to do this for Timmy, man. We Timmy can't Trumpet a good great. new baseball loving person. We got to we got to keep that going. Timmy Trumpet play in the World Series. Oh yeah, that'd be so cool. Timmy <laughs> Trumpet literally called the baseball field a pitch, and it was precious. And oh. I want to protect him at all costs. It is so pure. He I is just it. like, yeah. Like, uh, it's so good to like you know see like a new fan and like how enthu- like his enthusiasm for it. Like baseball's great. Like people should love the game like this. And like I, I don't know. I mean. I I tweeted this and it was one of the most viral tweets I've ever tweeted. Um, and I think it's just because like it's one of those tweets where I feel like I didn't make a point all that like smart or salient, but it was just like a very simple point that people resonated with, which is that like the way that Edwin Diaz's entrance and the way that Jacob deGrom's like simple man warm up music has gone viral this year is just proof that baseball does not need all these like rule changes and stuff and tweaking with the game to draw new fans. It just needs to market itself properly. Yeah, like, Like, and when Diaz didn't do anything special, and yet look at it, like, he just entered the game listening to a song, and look at what it's turned into. As long as you focus on the players doing cool shit, people will respond. People will watch. People will watch it. Um... And it helps that SMY is the best produced broadcast out there. Yes, it does help. It's so good. <laughs> Period. Um, Linda Surovich, what is your walk-off win for this week? Well, I haven't been. <laughs> so I might have a few. But also along Maggie's point, like I was on vacation a couple weeks ago. And I got to spend the the um, the week with my niece and nephew. And since I was down the Jersey shore and since they were playing the Phillies, we were able to watch uh, the game. And before heading out to the bar- boardwalk, we're like, Oh, and Alonzo is up. My niece, Emily, we're like, Oh, Pete's up. And she goes, wait, 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 I can't leave. Like, so she's like stayed and watched to make yes. sure she saw pizza bat before going to the boardwalk. And he hit a home run. Oh, that's so good. Oh, Perfect. Like, em, you're his oh. good luck charm. And like, Mwah. And then, you know, we left on Saturday and that's our playing doubleheader that day. And she goes, okay, we got to go so I can get home and see the Mets. <laughs> so it's like, she's gotten so, so into it. Now. The kids like, are becoming like, Mets fans. Yeah. Like she reminds me of me, like, like when Robin Ventura was up, like I wouldn't leave the house. Like, so like, that's totally something like I would do. And I'm like, oh, it's like, I'm just, like totally like falling in love with the game now too. Cause she loves Pete and she loves Narco and like, oh, it's, it's the best feeling um, to, to see that. And um, um, so that was the first one, obviously vacation too. And being at the beach is always a good thing. Um, and then, of course, old timers day. Um, and because, you know, Ventura was always my guy growing up. So I, I did wear my black Ventura jersey. I broke the black out of the closet. 
Um, and it was I guess just for this, you guess yeah, just for this. I guess I had to. Um, but I don't know if you noticed this, Maggie. Like everybody was wearing, like they all broke their old jerseys yes. out of the closet. Well, and I didn't have any good, like, um, any good jerseys for like folks who are actually playing. So I, but I, I dug deep and I got my, um, my Matt Harvey 2013 all-star game Jersey out. Oh, oh nice. excellent. That's great. And I felt really good about that one. I, I think forgot I that been, that's one of my favorite jerseys. I think if I had been attending old timers day in person, I also would have regrettably had to have broke out the black, the only black piece of Mets memorabilia or like clothing that I own is I have a Mike Piazza black uh jersey so I would have worn that yeah my sister wore her black Piazza jersey um so yeah but then it was like you know we were during the old tires game and you're like oh wait there's a game and then you see like an Alonzo jersey and you're like oh right he's playing <laughs> he, he plays for the Mets now <laughs> like oh yeah he's a guy I forgot about that but um so you know I was thinking about it and like that's probably the most I've ever seen Ventura play um, because in 1999, the only game I went to, they were getting creamed by the Diamondbacks by the third inning and Randy Johnson was pitching, who was a lefty. So Valentine pulled Ventura after one at bat. Um, we didn't go in 2000 and then we went to one game in 2001 and he didn't play. So I'm like, I loved him. I like my whole childhood and I never saw him play. I still literally saw him take one at bat. So seeing Pedro Martinez pitch to him, like I was like, was awesome. Like I have the coolest picture of like Pedro full wind up. And like, I was like, I caught it at the perfect moment. Uh, and um oh it was so good and then like at one point the bases were loaded with piazza zeal and ventura i was like oh my god it's like 2000 all over again <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome um and like i said i love jp and um benny agbayani like oh like my heart was just so full watching like it to be fair it was really bad baseball <laughs> but it was yes, fun it was like, it was what it was. Yes, they, they, we were praying that everybody had a good time, which they, they did have a good time. Yes, clearly. which was which was the name of the game. And we were literally just saying, we're like, oh, Bobby Valentine should wear his fake nose and mustache. And then here comes Bobby Valentine with his fake nose and mustache. Can everybody understood the assignment. Just have fun yes. just like embrace all the things that you love about the game and about history and just do that with a song in your heart yep. and like boom done <laughs> oh i felt Perfect. so bad for piazza too he was like blocking balls like he couldn't help himself <laughs> <laughs> and just to see piazza in the full gear again and to that see that was the part that killed me was yes i was like oh he's in his catcher's gear again like i was dying and like Bartolo throwing a pitch to Fonzie and being like, man, I can't hit that. <laughs> like there was all these, you know, like crazy matchups, like from guys from like different eras like that, like Bartolo and Fonzie were on the field at the same time. And I got to tell you, Cliff Floyd probably could still play. Andy Chavez too. They looked good out there. Oh yeah. Andy yeah. looked like he could play center field for the Mets right now. Oh, and Andy faking the bun too. Oh, we went nuts when he did that. That was amazing. Like, oh, it was just like like Allison said, makes me kind of angry if they waited so long to do this. 
Um, and then also what Pedro said after the game too, because Pedro's just awesome. Um, at, always. Um, when he told Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer, I feel like I've unfinished business. So can you finish it for me? Like, oh, that was so good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like Pedro's had this amazing career and, you know, mostly associated with the Red Sox. And yet he's still there for the Mets and he still wants the Mets to win, too. And he's still rooting for them. It says so much about the magic of the Mets. that yes. There are so many players yes. over the years who have come through this team for short periods of time or medium or whatever and who, despite all of the these connections elsewhere, really have a soft spot for the Mets. Like, yeah, like even yeah. Willie Mays said it that. It tells too. me there's something really good and special there. Yeah. And I think, was it Pedro who, who said the same thing, Willie May? He was like, oh, like Willie said, the fans here really treated me well, and they really know their baseball and their true fans. So like you said, like there has to be something to that if so many players notice it. Um, But yeah, so I hope they do it again. And I did see somebody with a Curtis Granderson shirt and I was like, oh, that would have been perfect. Oh, yes. I was like, oh, so in the future, I was like, Brandy, can you come back? (laughs) Yes, would love that. So yeah, but between probably David Wright and Grandy not being there. That was probably the old me downer. But other than that, it was just, it was perfect. Like just the perfect day at the ballpark. Cause then the Mets, the real, not the real Mets, but like the 2022 Mets then won. So it was just, it was just a great, great day at the ballpark. And please do it again. Cause I will absolutely attend every single one going forward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would love to get out to one at some point. That'd be great. Let's get you off the IL first. Um, yeah. yeah. Right. Jesus. Um, my walk-off win for this week. Oh, <laughs> I had to think long and hard. I about know. This. Oh. Um, Allison is just having the worst week, y'all. Send her so much love in your heart. I'm having Please. the worst month, like Send her all the vibes. Yeah. Um, but you know, when you go through stretches like this where you're having a rough time, it makes like little things like better, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, my little thing that is my walk-off win is that two of my favorite TV shows are coming back soon and I'm just going to use them both to cleanse my soul. <laughs> and I cannot wait to just like bask in the binge. Uh, what shows are they? Is Great British Baking Show. Is uh, yes. having another season. I guess I can't binge that because I think that's going to be a, a weekly release. Um, Is coming back uh, on September 13th. And like, they, I think I think I've even talked, we've even talked about it on the podcast before about how like that show is just like a warm home and it's so perfect and I love it so much mm-hmm. um it's just like exactly what I need to cleanse my soul so I that can't September 13th cannot come soon enough because I need it um and also it means I'll be that much closer to September 17th <laughs> Yay. as well Yay. which I also need to cleanse my soul uh so that is coming back and then um Dairy Girls is having its final oh. season uh starting- I didn't realize that one's coming back so soon yes, I love October it. 7th I think it's the 7th it's early October I think it's October 7th uh, Time for Dairy- my inner log to have a tr- um, inner monologue to have a 24/7 Irish accent because Oh my god I know that's what's going to be Uh and that is also a show that just like you know, it's, it's, it's completely different than Great British Baking Show, obviously, but it's just like, it's so funny and like wholesome and well done. And it just like makes me so happy. And I can't wait Mm -hmm. for that. 
Um, and actually, this isn't a show I planned on talking about as part of this walk off win, but I will talk about it. Um, a show that recently aired um, that like just finished airing another season is Tuca and Birdie um, that is now home on Adult Swim. Uh, it got canceled after its first season and everyone raged about it because it was so popular um, that it was brought back um, to Adult Swim. So um, that uh, that just aired another season and it was wonderful as all the previous seasons have been. I, I just love Tuca and Birdie so much. If you're not familiar with Tuca and Birdie, I feel like that's like one of the more weird that's the weirdest show that I mentioned I think most people are familiar with Great British Baking Show maybe less people familiar with Dairy Girls even fewer pro- people probably familiar with Tugan Birdie it is an animated show um, animated by the same person who did Bojack Horseman which is like my favorite show of all time um, Tugan Birdie is not like Bojack Horseman is more of a, a dark comedy I'd call it um, Tugan Birdie is more of a straight comedy um it's a lot more lighthearted than bojack horseman so if bojack horseman wasn't your bag i totally understand it's not everyone's thing um i still recommend to converti though because it's very wholesome and it's like it's a show that i feel like features female friendship and centers female friendship in the way in a way that is like not toxic and like is really good like a lot of shows don't really do that um that is the main dynamic in the show is is it's about two two best friends um and it's it's about how their friendship sort of like grows and changes through adulthood um which is beautiful and it's awesome and it's very wholesome and good so just like a lot of wholesome tv is helping me get through this rough period (laughs) and that is my walk-off win for this week um but you can go to amazingavenue.com, check out all of our fantastic content. Like I said, Thomas Henderson recently put up a fantastic piece about the Willie Mays number retirement. Uh, we, As always, we have uh, weekly meters. We have game recaps, uh, news posts, morning news posts, analysis, all you could ever ask for at amazingavenue.com. Uh, you can follow Amazing Avenue on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. You can follow this show on Twitter at a pot of their own. You can follow each of us on Twitter. I am at Petite PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Sarovich. And you, Maggie? At Maggie162. You can subscribe to this podcast, Amazing Avenue Audio, wherever you get your podcasts from. You'll get your our entire suite of fantastic podcasts. So please subscribe. Please also rate and review the show. It really helps people find it. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there is no crying in here.